I am so excited about this. I want to welcome you to the Purpose Project Podcast. During our time together, I will teach you how to pray, how to intentionally develop intimacy with your Creator, and challenge you to discover and embrace your God-ordained purposes. I am your host, Margie Florent. My prayer for you today is that you will be empowered and strengthened in the Word of God to move forward into your destiny. So we're going to be talking today about the Holy Spirit and prayer. In referring to the Holy Spirit, we find that the Old Testament mentions the Holy Spirit 88 times. 23 books in the Old Testament refer to the Holy Spirit. Although the actual expression Holy Spirit is used only three times, for example, Psalms 51:11, where David said, Lord, take not your Holy Spirit from me. Other expressions referring to the Spirit are used. The Spirit of God, for example. In Genesis 1-2, he's mentioned as the Spirit of God who moved upon the face of the waters. Now, in the New Testament, the Holy Spirit is mentioned 264 times. Sixty or more of those references are in the Gospels. Uh, and it's, it's interesting to me because Jesus referred to the Holy Spirit over and over and over again. And when he was mentoring his disciples, he kept telling them, there is no need for you to be upset there's no need for you to worry. I'm going away, but I'm going to send the promise of my Father. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, the Comforter. And he was always referring, not, well, he was referring to his Father, and then he would go ahead and he would refer to the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit has a definite ministry. He has a definite personality, and he is definitely needed when it comes to the art of intercession. Now, when the Holy Spirit was poured out, the Bible says that Jesus, just actually just before he went to be with the Father, permanently up in heaven, the Bible says he, he again went into referring to the Holy Spirit. And he told his disciples, they were all assembled together, Acts chapter 1 verse 4, he commanded them not to de depart from Jerusalem but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. I've been telling you about the Holy Spirit. I've been, referring, uh, to, I've been referring to him. Now just wait for the promise of the Spirit. Don't do anything until he comes. He said, now listen, John truly baptized with water, but you are going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And then it says over in verse 8 of Acts chapter 1, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria, and then also in all the ends, to all the ends of the earth. So Jesus made reference to the Holy Spirit, and he said to them, I don't want you doing anything till you receive power from on high. And we find out at the birth of the church age that the Holy Spirit is poured out. The Bible says that when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one accord, in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And the Bible says when the Holy Spirit was ultimately poured out, 
when he, that, that which was promised, finally came, the very first manifestation was that they all began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gives them utterance. So there is a reason for tongues. And what we need to do is we need to stir up the gift of God, especially when it comes to our prayers and our intercessions. God has given us a supernatural prayer language whereby when we don't know what to pray, we have a gift and it's been given to us by God and it, the Holy Spirit was referenced so many times and there is a reason for this gift. And what we need to do is we need to stir up this gift. We need to use it specifically in the place of prayer. Now, why tongues? Number one, speaking in tongues is a supernatural means of communication. It is speaking the language of heaven. And many times people don't like to exercise their prayer language in prayer because they don't know what they're saying. But we don't always have to know everything that we're praying about because the Holy Spirit knows the needs and he knows how to get the job done. Our mind is unfruitful when we pray in the Spirit. And listen to me, my friends, that's okay. We don't have to be in on everything that's going on. That's why we have to trust the Holy Spirit. We have to rely on Him, especially in the day and the hour that we live in today. We need to rely on the Holy Spirit. We don't know everything that's going on in our nations. We don't know all the attacks that the enemy has planned. We don't know everything that's going on in our homes and in our families. But the beauty of God is, is that the Holy Spirit knows everything. The Bible says he will lead and guide you into all truth. Not only that, but he will show you things to come. So tongues was the very first manifestation when the Holy Spirit was poured out. That, what that speaks to me is, is that we need to use this supernatural language. It is very, very important, especially when it comes to our prayer lives. So Speaking in tongues is a supernatural means of communication. Speaking, it is when you are speaking to God and it is the language of heaven or the language of the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 14.2 says, For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the Spirit, he speaks mysteries. Another translation says divine secrets. Divine secrets. The Amplified says, For one who speaks in an unknown tongue does not speak to men but to God, for no one understands or catches his meaning, because in the Holy Spirit he utters secret truths and hidden things not obvious to the understanding. So this tongues, this language of heaven is a supernatural means of communication. Number two, when you pray in tongues, your heart or your spirit is praying. The born again part of you, your heart, your spirit is praying. First Corinthians 14, 14 says, for if I 
pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. And sometimes people think that it's the Holy Spirit that's praying. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, for if I pray in a tongue, I, who does the praying? I'm doing the praying. The Holy Spirit doesn't come on you and make you say or do something you don't want to say or do. You have to yield to him. It is a yielding from your heart and a yielding over to him. And then your mouth just utters what you have in your spirit and what you want to say to God. Okay? If I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. The New Living Translation says, For if I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying, but I don't understand what I'm saying. I like that translation. I just don't understand what I'm saying. But is it, is it working if I don't understand what I'm saying? It absolutely is working. If God sent the Holy Ghost and the very first manifestation was tongues, there is an absolute reason we need to be praying more in the Holy Ghost. Amen. I believe one of the reasons why we're not seeing more prayer fruit is because many of us have backed off on praying in tongues. But what I believe God wants to say to you and wants to say to me is he, I believe what he's wanting us to do is he wants us to enter into more of a rest in our prayers. For me personally, the easiest thing in the world is praying in tongues. My mind doesn't have to be engaged. Let me just tell you this, and I heard Bobby Jean Merck say this one time. She said, the only time it's hard to pray in tongues is when you're brushing your teeth. <laughs> and isn't that the truth? But it causes you to have confidence that what you're praying is effective because you know that God does not make mistakes and God is a, obviously a very intelligent being. He created us. He created our eyes and our brains and our bodies. He knows what he's doing. We just need to trust in the Lord with all of our hearts, lean not to our own understanding, and just yield to the Holy Ghost and just allow that language to have expression through us. Remember, we said that you are the house of prayer. So the expression has to come through you and through me in order for God to do what he desires to do in the earth. Okay, so the Amplified says, For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit by the Holy Spirit within me prays, but my mind is unproductive. So here we see again, it's my spirit, but it's by the Holy Spirit praying. In other words, He's giving you the unction. He's rising up within you. What you simply need to do is yield over to him and allow your voice and your vocal cords to express what is in your heart. And let me just say this. It goes beyond English, beyond Spanish, beyond Portuguese, beyond any, any language on this earth. It is the beautiful language of heaven. And I believe with all of my heart that we can get a whole lot more accomplished yeah. in the spirit yeah. is as we yield over to him by praying in the Holy Ghost. Okay? Now, when you're praying in tongues, and this is a real key thing. This is something God showed me recently, made it more real to me. He said, when you are praying in tongues, 
you are speaking to God rooted and grounded from your right standing in him or in Christ. Think about that. You're praying out of your right standing in Christ. There is faith from this place, not unbelief. Listen, there's no fear in this place. There's only confidence in him, and there is absolutely, totally, and completely no insecurity. So when you're praying in the spirit, you're praying out of your right standing in Christ. And we also know that Jesus is the intercessor. He's at the right hand of God, the Father, and he's ever living to make intercession. And he's, he, and he's in us. Amen. And, and this, this a, a person who just gets born again and wants to be an intercessor and doesn't even know who they are in Christ, doesn't even understand all the things of in him and in whom and all of those principles and their right standing. If you're a new believer, you can pray in the Holy Ghost and your prayers can avail much. Because you're praying out of that position. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. You're praying out of that place. There's no unbelief. There's no doubt. You're hitting the mark right on. So we need to stir up the gift of God that's in us. And I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost said to me, if I talked about the Holy Ghost all through the Old Testament and the New Testament, and Jesus talked about the Holy Ghost, and when the day of Pentecost finally came, the very first manifestation was tongues, and there is a reason he has given us this prayer language. And it's time for the body of Christ to arise and to exercise their language. The Apostle Paul said, I thank my God, I speak in tongues more than you all. He exercised his prayer language. He didn't let allow his prayer language to remain dormant. He stirred up the gift of God. Did the Apostle Paul want to know what he was praying? <laughs> I'm sure he was like you and I. But the Bible says that when you pray in the Spirit, and we're going to get into this, you speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. And it causes more revelation to flow. How many times have we prayed in intercession for somebody, something, or for a nation, or whatever it is you're standing in the gap for, and as you've prayed in the Spirit for an hour, two hours, several hours, several days, whatever the case may be, suddenly you begin to get wisdom on the subject. You begin to get revelation on the subject. You begin to see and know supernaturally. Why? Because you're already praying out the wisdom of God, and then God just decides to give you a clue into the mystery that you're praying about. I like to refer to it like this, you know, that uh, I've never read a mystery book because I'm not into that, but people have said, you know, you, you pick up a good mystery book, and you read this mystery book, and just when you think you've got it all figured out, here comes another clue in the mystery book, and it just changes things. That's why you just got to just let go and let God. When you speak in tongues, you're praying out of your spirit and you're praying out of your destiny and you're praying out from that place 
of grace and God knows everything. And as we yield to him in prayer, we're praying exactly what needs to be prayed. I honest to God don't understand why more people don't pray in the Holy Ghost. And I believe it's because the Bible says my people perish for a lack of knowledge. We, the Bible says we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things that we have heard, lest at any time we, we may cause them to slip. And I think the church has let this slip, and I think that's why there's more and more darkness increasing in the earth. But let me tell you, when you pray in the Holy Ghost, it goes into the realm of the Spirit, and it pushes against the darkness. So we need to stir up this gift of tongues more and more. When you pray in the Spirit, and I'm just going to keep being simple here, because I have found in my life in ministry that it's the simple things in the Bible and the foundational truths that the body of Christ is lacking. When you're praying in the Spirit, you're not praying from your mind. (laughs) God is not a mind. God is a spirit. You are a spirit. You have a soul and you live in a body. You're not praying from your mind. 1 Corinthians 14, 14, 15 says, For if I pray in a tongue, now again, who's doing the praying? You're doing the praying. The Holy Spirit is not going to come on you and make you say or do something you don't want to say or do. Again, you have to yield to him. And it takes faith to step out and start speaking in tongues for the very first time. But once you take that step of faith and you begin to begin to yield to the Holy Ghost and express the longing of your heart towards God, it'll just continue to flow and it'll just become natural. Because to be quite honest, it is your natural language. Because you are a spirit. You have a soul and you live in a body. You are created in the very image and likeness of God. So tongues is your natural language. But if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. So what's the conclusion? What am I going to do with this tongues business? (laughs) What am I going to do about it? I will pray with the spirit. I will pray with the understanding also. So if I want to pray in English in intercession like we talked about in our previous teachings, I'm going to pray in English. I'm going to take the need that my brother has or my sister or whoever you're praying for. I'm going to agree with, take it to the word. I'm going to agree with God's word. And that's what I'm going to present before the throne room of grace. But when I've run out of everything to pray, I'm going to pray in the Holy Ghost. Listen, some of you parents, you have run out of things to pray for those teenage kids. So what do you pray? I, I, I will then pray with the Spirit. I will pray with the Spirit. I will pray with the Spirit. You know, I, I wrote this book, Mark for Intercession, and I just want to encourage you to pick it up. If you haven't picked it up, you could get it on our website at www.margieflorent.org. And, and when I wrote this book, I thought I was finished with 25 chapters. And I, I just... Said, oh, I'm done. And the kids were all with me, and they we all celebrated together, and everybody was happy, and they were congratulating me. Because anybody who's ever written a book knows it's a lot of work, a lot of discipline. You got to sit there at the computer, you got to type, you have to be disciplined, you have to be focused. And sometimes, I don't know about you, it takes me a little time to get my mind quiet and get into that rhythm of writing. And 
I went to sleep that night after the big celebration, and when I woke up, the Holy Ghost said to me, thank God for the Holy Ghost, he said to me, you're not done with that book. I'm like, well, what do you mean? And, and I, he, you know, he, he, just, he just gave me another chapter title. He didn't say anything else. All he had to, you know, sometimes God could give you just one word, yes. and, and you, just, you just know by that one word yes. what he's saying. Yes. You don't need a big, long explanation. And, he, and what, he's, what he said to me was, is there a watchman in the house? And I said, great. And I knew exactly what he meant. That we, as mothers and fathers and heads of our households, and it could be your extended family too, BTW, we are the watchmen in our own homes and in our families. Well, what is a watchman? We're going to get into that in one of our teachings. But a watchman is, is an intercessor. And he stands at the walls of a city and he guards the good within the city walls. And he sees trouble coming from afar. So as parents, we are the watchmen in our own homes. At times we see trouble coming from afar. At times we need to guard our children. At times they may already be in the midst of something and we have to pray them out of it. And the thing that I learned about being a parent is that... I don't know everything about my kids, and it's probably a good thing, because if I knew a little more about their complete calling and destiny, I would absolutely, totally and completely want to get involved. <laughs> you parents know what I'm talking about. So when I pray for my kids, and I pray for my kids, I, I had somebody say to me recently that they, they don't pray for, the, for their kids. They just believe, they just rest, and they just, you know, believe in the grace of God. Well, guess what? I believe, too, in the grace of God. I believe in going boldly to the throne room of grace. And if I need help on the behalf of my children because they're in a situation, I'm going to ask of God, and he that, he's, he, that, he that is from within will answer me and say, I'll not only do what you asked me for, I'm going to give you as much as you need for your kids. And so I, I, when they were little, I didn't know everything about them. I had a few clues. I had a few words when they were first born. And I had a sense of a bend with a certain one. And so I did not know what to pray for for them. I would pray for protection. I would pray specifically that God would send the right friends across their path at the right time. You know, the Bible says when you pray for the lost, pray that the Lord of the harvest would send forth laborers. Well, I just took that scripture and I said, Lord, I pray that you would send into my children's lives the right friends, the right mate, the right people, those that will be there to help them in life and not pull them away from the things of God. And so after I prayed everything I knew to pray, I just pray in the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you for days and weeks and years, I, we, and then I had a prayer partner, and our prayer assignment was to pray for our children, and we prayed for open doors for them. We prayed for friendships for them. We prayed when they were applying for high school, we, private high school. We prayed for them when they were applying for college. We prayed that God would open up the doors. We did a lot of praying, but after we prayed everything we knew to pray, we were done. We were done with English. And so we decided, decided, decided. Sometimes you enter into prayer out of an act of your will and you decide. 
we decided, okay, we're just going to keep praying. We're going to make the most use of our time. Instead of having lunch together and eating chocolate cake, we're going to do something that's going to be lasting in the realm of the spirit. Because when you pray for your children, your prayers for them are eternal long after you have left this earth. We can leave, listen to this, a legacy of prayer. We're leaving a legacy of books and a legacy of videos up on the internet. We're leaving a legacy in that regard. One day God said to me, you can also lead and you need to tell my people, you can tell them that they can leave a legacy of prayer for their children and their households and their homes. We can leave, and and these prayers are eternal. All the prayers that Jesus prayed when he was on this earth, they are in the process of still being fulfilled. Those prayers weren't just prayed and that's it. No, those prayers continue to live and they will come to pass. So that's good news for me. That causes me to say, you know what? I, when I get to heaven, I could still have a little, little bit of mommy, <laughs> not control, but influence on my kids. Are you listening? So, when we pray in the Spirit, we're not praying for our mind. We're praying the wisdom of God in a situation. Praying in tongues is praying in line with God's perfect will, purpose, and order. It is the perfect prayer. We're going to go ahead and we're going to turn to Romans 8. Praying in tongues is praying out the perfect, it is the perfect prayer. It is the perfect prayer prayed to a perfect God. Romans 8.26 says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Notice it says, we do not know what we should pray. Hopefully you're learning how to pray the prayer of intercession through these teachings. You're going to know what, how to pray, but you may not always know what to pray. Good. It's one thing to know how to pray, which we know and we're learning and we're all doing our best, but it's another thing to not even know what to pray. So the, the scripture says, when we, we, we do not know what we should pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. Verse 27, now he who searches the hearts, I love this, because the Holy Spirit searches. It's, it's some things are just better caught than taught. He searches. And he knows what is the mind of the Spirit, Because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So when you're praying in the Spirit, you're praying the perfect prayer. Human will is not involved except in the asking and the releasing of your prayers, the house of prayer. Your human will is not involved. You are praying in line with God's word. Because the Bible says right here that when you're praying in the Holy Ghost, you're praying according to the will of God. 
And the Bible says in 1 John 5.14 that this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know, I want you to look at that word, think about that word, know. If we know that he hears us, then we know that we have the petitions we desire of him. So when we're praying in the spirit, we're praying according to the perfect will of God. It doesn't get any better than that. And then verse 28, and then we know, here's another no that all things work together for the good to those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. I think another translation says that we know that all things fit together and work together into a perfect plan. God has a plan for every individual. Referring to our children again, God has a perfect plan for each and every one of our children. And when we pray in the spirit, we're praying out of the will, out of the heart of God, the perfect will of God for them. And then all things will work together for the good for them. And it'll all fit into a plan. I feel sorry for, for kids that don't have a praying parent. So we can use praying in tongues in intercession. And I just want to encourage you to stir up the gift of God that's in you. When you've run out of uh, the word to pray and you've run out of everything that you know how to pray for that person, that city, that nation, whatever the case may be, begin to enter into praying in the Holy Ghost because this kind of prayer, and it's something I keep saying over and over, this kind of prayer opens up the door for God to work. Thank you for listening to the Purpose Project podcast. For more content, video, and teachings like this, visit margieflorent.org.